Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hello, hello. How are you doing? You are in for such a treat today. My client, DL has created over $100,000 in her business since we started working together a few months ago. So obviously, I had to have her on the podcast. Remember how we were talking last week about success compression? Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And so today, DL and I cover so many juicy tidbits. And so success compression for DL was that prior to our working together, she was already at $6,000 to $8,000 months. And since our work together, she has increased that to consistent $30,000 months and is on track to hit $50,000 months this Q4. What is happening? So fun. We cover so much territory from the changes she made and how she thought about and invested in herself and her business to get her so quickly to that multiple six-figure run rate, how she has been able to scale her business despite being up against so many outside circumstances, a three-hour commute to and from her nine-to-five, a hefty amount of student loan debt, a past full of money beliefs that totally contradict what she is creating now, and so much more. You are going to want to listen to this episode on repeat. It's so good. So let's get to it, shall we? All right, DL, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Catherine? I am doing so well, and I am so excited because listeners have heard me shout you out a couple times. I know. And now I've they actually get, get, get to hear you live in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be here. I love your show, obviously. Thank you. And you are a couple days away from getting married, yeah? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Um, I can't wait to eat cake and dance and go to Asheville for our honeymoon. Oh, so good. I love Asheville so much. So DL, you live, is it Raleigh or where are you in North Carolina? Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so Asheville, we have bonded a little bit. They're doing their honeymoon there. But I personally also really love Asheville. We went out there on a road trip last summer, and I've been looking on Zillow for property ever since. So when she told me she was doing her honeymoon there, I was very jealous. So I'm super excited for you guys. And today, we just want to hear about you and your brain and your business. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So tell the people, like, just give us, I don't know, a quick intro to who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is DL Sharon. I am a business coach. I help women of color create wildly successful coaching businesses. And we primarily do that through social media. I love what I do. I love the mission. I love helping women and I love serving in this capacity. I'm also a social worker by day and then I run my business. And so I'm managing both. I'm a full, I always say like I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I'm also a full-time employee. I never say that I'm a side hustler. I got rid of that word a long time yes. ago. Yeah. yeah. And so with Catherine, like my business has just pium, skyrocketed. I came to her like already knowing how to sign clients and already kind of like 
knowing how to make money, but I had a lot of problems with keeping my money. And also like I was making a lot of money, not keeping it, but also I didn't know what the roadmap was for me to go full time. Like I couldn't even wrap my brain around going full time in my business. I just thought I would be like in this position forever. So that's exactly why I hired her. And it has been just like a rocket ship ever since. Yeah. And so I'm I'm curious, like when we talk rocket ship, like let's talk some numbers. Like it's kind of insane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And so when I first met you, I think I was at like six to eight K months and it was like a grind. Like I felt very tired. I was very attached. And I remember telling you on our call tilt, like, I just thought that I was going to make money. And then my business was a cash eating monster and just going to gobble it up. And I wouldn't see any of it. And it was just this constant cycle. And so we really worked on like cleaning up my mindset with money, like my relationship with money and really also like cleaning up some of the aspects of my business. You're like, cut this out, stop doing that, get rid of that in a loving, like supportive way. Um, And when I was able to kind of see beneath the trees and clean up some of my expenses, I then have been hitting consistent 30K months in my business. And I'm on track to do 50K by the end of this year per month in my business. Um, And for the first time ever, and like, I'm super proud of this and It's an intimate detail, but I want to share this with people because people might be in this same situation, but I have a savings account that I have for emergencies. Like I've actually been able to clean up my money mindset and like my decisions around money so much that I, for the first time in my life, actually have a savings account for when something goes wrong in my life or in my business, I have funds to fall back on, which has just been massive for me. We've been coaching a lot on that because my mindset is still like in that old place. And so I've just been coming out of that as much as I can. Yes. And I, I'm not going to lie. I shed some tears this morning. I was thinking, I was preparing for this podcast and I was thinking about how insane your growth has been. And then it hit me. I like remembered how we met the experience on the consult and then who you became in the process of making the decision to invest in coaching. Can you like talk about that experience? Yes. Well, first, let me back up and say, let me tell you a funny story (laughs) about like even like coming into your world. So I found you through, you know, Stacy, and you were talking about the employee stuff. And it was funny. My my business friend was like, you need to go listen to that episode. And I saw the title. I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) And then I listened to it and then I listened to it like 20 more times. I was like, oh, crap, she's the girl for me. And so I started following you on Instagram. I consumed all your trainings. I like now can probably recite all of your IGTVs. And I remember like going to click a button on the console and I was like, oh my God. I called um, my friend. I was like, help me, help me. (laughs) She was like, do it, do it, sign up. And so we got on a call and I remember like you telling me like the price of coaching and me just freezing up and I wanted to get off the call like as quickly as possible. And then like, In that decision, I said, like, you know, I just can't, I can't do that. I can't afford that with the way my money was in my business and how I was handling my money. But then I remember it was a Saturday and I was like, I really need support. And I remember thinking on our call and I was like, you were able to 
so clearly articulate my problem. You're like, you have an issue with money. Like your business is fine. You have an issue with money. And you're talking about your experience with helping clients clean up their relationship with money and how, you know, you've been able to help other people do that. And I said, she got to that issue so quickly, like your brain, like your experience as a coach just showed up. And I was like, she can help me. Like, I just felt that in my bones. And so I decided in my brain, I said, Catherine's my coach. She's already my coach. Like she is my coach. Okay. And then I literally remember saying to myself, brain, figure out the money, figure out how to do this figure out how to come up with it. And so because I told my brain and because I decided that I was working with you and I didn't know exactly where the money was coming from, I didn't start to spin out about it. Instead, I just went inside of my brain and said, just start thinking of ways to create this. And so I decided to launch something and launch it early and have a painful bonus. And then I started to, you know, look at my finances and say, I can cut this out. I can delay that until later. And I wasn't necessarily like scraping up. It kind of just built up in my account. And I was like, I'm ready. And then I saw that you were uh, booking out for the year. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I need her right now. Like, I don't want to wait till later. I need her right freaking now. And so I remember hounding you in the DMs, it felt like. I know I only sent like two messages, but I was like, I don't want to bother her, but I also know that I need a spot. And so I remember DMing you like, send me something. I can pay. Just send me something. I need a spot. And like you sent stuff over and I paid up. And that really just blew my own mind at like when you make a decision and the power of making decisions the mind drama isn't there because you've decided and it's going to happen and it's done. And I've carried that mindset in a lot of my other launches where I think it was in September and we were talking about this and I was talking about how I'm going to launch, but I'm also really tired and I have to plan for the wedding and all of these things. And you're like, well, what if you just decide to take care of you and trust that your business is going to make money. And that's exactly what happened. It was the first time in my business where I made 30K without launching, without doing anything. The clients literally just came. And so I'm so glad like you didn't waver and like you didn't, you know, do something like change your price or whatever because of my objection. I'm so glad that you stayed in integrity because it created this level up in me. And then I've carried that leveling throughout my business and so many of the decisions that I've made. Yes. I, it's so funny because I actually printed out. So you had, you had emailed me basically your process of decision-making and I printed it out and I was like, Oh, I kind of want to like share it today. And I love it because you almost just recited in verbatim what you sent me. And I guess it was like June 28th, I think was the date. And I just was so in awe of you because I remember when we had the consult, you were like, and it's so funny actually, because people have just heard like Linda had the same experience, but it is like when you just decide, like, this is definitely the thing that I want to do and I'm going to make it happen. The level up in the person that you become. And I, I remember, yes, you weren't hounding, but I started to go into launch mode because I was close to filling out my one-on-ones. And I was like, you know what? I just want to get them filled out so that I can like focus on starting to prepare for the mastermind. And this was so many months ago. And I remember you would like, you kept messaging me. You were like, you know what? Uh, can I, can I put down a deposit? Can I do this? I'm going to come back. And the person that you became 
in the process of making that decision leveled you up. So to your point of like, you just came to the coaching relationship, a different person. Mm. And one of the things that like, as I was like looking at the email that you had sent me, I feel like you've shared so much of it, but like one of the sentences that I really loved was like, you said, I am in complete awe of my brain. And I told myself, if I can do this, then I can definitely go full time. So thank you for not wavering. Wavering, I learned an incredible lesson. I did. I and, did. It was it was incredible. Yeah. And I just think about the experience that you had there and now we're just like a handful of months later, almost what? How much have you created? Like $90,000, $100,000 since we started working together? It has to be over $100,000. Yeah. And I I just think about like, there was like this inflection point for you and you made this one decision and it has been like the springboard to like, I can't even imagine what the rest of your life is going to be like. It's so fun for me. And it got me thinking about, we were coaching, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that you mentioned, we were talking about your plan for investments next year. And one of the things that was very striking to me, and you you sort of like set it up in the beginning, like your brain is just confused. Like your brain thinks that like you are, you're just like this person that like this identity of a person that doesn't have like, you're not good with managing money. You're not like your brain gets confused with like who you actually are now because your set of behaviors and the way you've transformed, it's like, we're just shifting you into like teaching your brain, right? Like that's not true anymore. And I think the analogy we got to when we were talking the other day was like, it actually sounds like you had been making investments in your business, but it sounded like it was sort of like fast fashion, right? Like the, the forever 21, right. Of like, it sounded like you were like sort of put like putting together, investing a lot of masterclasses and things. And then what your plan is for next year is basically investing in like the absolute best. And I think what we came to was like, yeah, you're creating your capsule wardrobe. And that's so good. That is so good. And I had to also believe that I was worthy of that, right? Because at a point in your business, you think that you're only worthy of, you know, just the the $40 this or the group program that's only this much. Like you don't think like, oh, I can never join that or I can never have that or I can never be a part of that club. But I really had to focus myself on like, How can I level up my mindset? How can I level up like what I think I'm worthy of? And then where can I make the decision to invest from that place? So, and I love that analogy so much. I think about it a lot because you only need a few pieces in a capsule wardrobe and it can last you years. Like you'll see the return on that investment of a capsule wardrobe over and over and over again. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think just to carry the, the analogy. So like people are like, well, okay. Like it, I think it kind of makes sense in my brain, but like, I think one of the things you mentioned was like, you were buying programs and like, they were just sitting in your inbox. You weren't even like ingesting them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I wasn't even using them. I forgot about them. I never opened them. I never showed up for them. They were just collecting dust and they were just like adding up. And I bought them to make myself feel good. Like I bought them to, you know, say, oh, I'm investing. Oh, I'm growing. Oh, I'm learning. But I never implemented them because the investment wasn't there. And it was a low quality product, too. So even when I did implement it, it didn't transform or impact much. 
much. And so when I like leveled up my investments, when I started to invest in more quality coaches, a lot of things started to shift. My mindset started to grow and it really popped the bubble that it's so much more than strategy. Like I think I'm capped out on strategy. I know how to run an online business. I know how to help others run an online business. The rest is mindset and you have to Put yourself in certain containers in order to grow your mindset, in order to shift how you're thinking, and in order to see all the blind spots. Like I often think about our relationship. I feel like you have a little flashlight in my brain and you're like, oh, it's a little cluttered up in there. And I wouldn't even notice that. Like I wouldn't even realize that, like just the coaching call that we had the um, a few days ago and you were, we were talking about like my savings fund and I had to go get um, some dental work done and I was freaking out as an emergency procedure and I was freaking out and you're like, but you have like an emergency for, fund for that. And I didn't even connect the dots that I actually took care of myself in that moment instead of like self-sabotaged. And so just you pointing all those things out, a course can't do that. A masterclass can't do that. Something quote unquote low ticket can't do that. Like when you up level your investments, you up level yourself. And I'm curious, like we're talking about up level, but I think I would really love for people to know because people are hearing like, oh, okay, she made a hundred thousand dollars in a few months. Isn't that great? But deal, can you like talk about your background and like it, because your brain basically thinks that it does not, it's having trouble like settling into the fact that you're rich now. Oh my gosh. You should have just saw my face as, uh, as you <laughs> said that. Yeah. That's something we're still working on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, my background. Okay. So, um, I grew up with a single mother I'm an African-American woman and I grew up with a single mother and I busted my butt to get myself through college. I majored in social work and then I got a partial scholarship to go get my master's in social work. And I went to the best schools and I did everything I could to uh, provide a life for myself because I didn't want to grow up with the stress and the worries that my parents did when I eventually have a family. And when I eventually um, have my own kids of my own, I don't want them to have to think about, you know, paying for school and stuff like that. And so money was always a stressful topic and concern in my life. I always felt like I didn't have enough of it. I always felt like I was just making ends meet always month to month. And I started a business to get out of that situation. Um, I've had like, you know, nothing has been handed to me or easy. And even just starting my business, I started my business with only just working three hours a day. And so I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, work on my business, and then I would drive to the parking ride, take two buses and walk 20 minutes to go to work every single day, work from about 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., come home, do coaching calls with my clients, go to sleep, do it all over again. So that was my life pre-COVID, and then COVID sent me home, so I got a lot of my time back. Um, but that was how, like, that was the foundation of which I grew my business on. And it was hard, and it was stressful, and there was a lot of times where I didn't know if I would ever get here. Like, if I were to tell 2019 DL, like, look what she's created, like, especially with the help of Catherine, I would have, like, fell out. I would have fell out of my seat. And 
because I've created this identity of like, you just work, work, work. And even if you work yourself into the ground, it's never going to be enough because I created that identity with myself. Of course, like my brain never registered that I could actually take this full time. Um, And so I came into (laughs) our coaching relationship with all of this. And you've just been helping me parse out and kind of think about this isn't the DL anymore. Like this isn't her identity anymore. And like the example that I just shared about, like you actually had funds put away for emergencies. You actually had things set aside to take care of yourself. Like you weren't punishing yourself by using that money. That money was being used for what its purpose was. And so just moments like that of like, oh, wait, like that's what people do. Like people have emergency funds and they use their emergency funds for emergencies. What? Like just all of those little things I've never had the experience of. And so that's kind of what I've been like working through and growing in when it comes to up leveling is just shifting my identity that I've thought for the last 26 years about who I am with money, how I handle money, how is my relationship with money and how do I encourage and support others through that as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like we're, we're going through things that I have bullet pointed here and I don't even need to bring them up because it's already just coming up. But as I was thinking about like, how has DL be like gone through this massive shift in her brain? How is she creating what she's creating? I literally have here just like identity and then three sub bullet points. And I put like your brain is like going from like this upbringing of like thinking that you're just someone who doesn't have money, right? To being someone who is rich, someone for which like having money is like really hard and you have to work really hard for it to like, okay, actually money is pretty easy and it can be simple and it can be fun. And then I think it's also like managing money, which was one of the biggest ones is like your brain. And I think that like, I'm not sure we, it's, it's not therapy, right? Like we don't spend time picking at scabs, but we just find the brain pattern and your brain just had this belief that you are, were not good with managing your money. And it was so funny because I think going back to this emergency fund with the dentist the other day, what we ended up coaching on was like, it's sort of like, I keep having to rip the goggles off your face of like, oh, I'm not good at managing my money because it's like your brain is still learning that your identity is foundationally different. And so when you came to the call, it was just so interesting when you were like, a little bit hard on yourself. You were like disappointed that you'd had to dip into that emergency fund. Right. Because you were wearing like the the lenses of like, oh, it's this is just another like data point that I'm bad at managing my money. And I was like, wait, DL, what are emergency funds for? And if I could just like I wish I could have had a screenshot of that moment where like you're like, oh, wait a second. This actually isn't a data point that I'm like not good with my money. This is a data point that I'm like foundationally a different person and I'm really good with managing my money. And past DL hooked me up. Exactly. And I remember like not even being able to say the word out, like the word, like you asked me like, what, what is this fun for? And I was like, emergent. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like my brain was shocked. (laughs) It was shocked. Like, and it's so funny. And this is why coaching is so powerful. And this is why I think like you have a little flashlight in my brain looking at all the cobwebs. Like, I just never would have went there because exactly like my old programming. 
But that's why the, this coaching relationship and working with you has been so impactful because you kind of bring me to that point and you, I feel like I'm on a ladder, right? And you're at the top of the ladder and you're like, come on, DL, come on, keep coming, keep stepping. Like I'm slowly but surely getting there where I'm starting to think differently. Like I'm starting to see like money differently. And honestly, I'm starting to like think how wealthy people think and like that's scary, right? And like that's that sometimes brings up like my thoughts about wealthy people, but it's like wealthy people have emergency funds, right? Like no one in my family ever had an emergency fund. It was always like something didn't get paid because of an emergency. And so just having to scoop that out and having to be like, you're now like transitioning to a different period has been very enlightening and so powerful for me to start to unpack. Yeah. I, you know, I would also love to unpack from your brain for people is another bullet point I have listed about you is success no matter what. And I think about you, like I, I know some people and they have like student loan debt. And then the story they tell themselves is that they have to stay in their job and it's like the only way they're like chained to their job and they've got to stay there forever. Or, you know, like, oh, I can't work in my business because I've got this nine to five. I think about like all of the the things that people like put between themselves and really flourishing in entrepreneurship. And then I look at someone like you and like the the cards that we could list out that have been like in your way and it's just like, yeah, the phrase that comes to mind for me is like success no matter what. And so can you like just spend a few minutes like really unpacking for us? Like, how are you a person that is able to create success no matter what? What is happening in your brain? Oh, I love that so much. And I, I talk about this a lot with my clients. Um, I've always been a person who has thought that my life can be better foundationally, I've always been the person where I'm like, there has to be more than this. And I look around sometimes with my own clients or with my friends or with some family family members. And I see that they think like, this is just how life is supposed to be. They kind of have this, it is what it is attitude. Um, and I think possibility and dreaming is so important and we don't do it enough. I don't think we do it enough. Like I always try to flood my Instagram, my um, life, my ears with podcasts, not in an obsessive or distracting way, but just in a place of like, if all of these people can do it, so can I. Like all these people are living a life like this, so can I. And so because I'm so much more attached or focused or aligned with that version of what my life could be, you know, the fact that I had to commute, you know, three hours a day and have to work late, but still hop on calls and manage crazy time zones with my clients and a full-time job and deal with my own mindset issues and my own like relationship with my student loans. And it just seemed like this was a simple price to pay in order to get the life that I wanted. And so what I, I tell my clients a lot too is, what I do is I connect all of my little things to my bigger goals, like the daily decision for me to wake up every single day early to work on my business and then go to work. Like that's a daily decision. And I connect that to my bigger purpose. Um, when I'm 
you know, figuring out investments or when I'm making a scary decision to start my capsule wardrobe of my coaching, I'm thinking about that version of myself and thinking about that life. And so I feel like we kind of have two cups, like we have the cup full of doubt, full of the things that we don't have, full of the worry and the insecure. And then we also have the cup of like hope and dreams and possibility. But what if this could happen? What if this actually was achieved? And so I try to pour as much of my energy and my time and my thoughts into the cup of my dreams, into the cup of my hope, because we all get to choose. We we all get to choose. But I, I know like this all sounds very fluffy, <laughs> um, but it really comes to the power of your mind and being extremely self-aware. Like you said that very early on in our coaching relationship, like it seems like you're very self-aware deal. And I, I am like, I'm constantly looking at my thoughts and I'm constantly scanning them and seeing like, are these the thoughts that are going to help me like live into my dream life and live into the goals that I want to have. And then the last thing I'll match, like I'll say, and what I'll um, wrap up is, what do I have to lose? The only thing I have to lose is, you know, working this job, having this commute and working as a social worker for the rest of my life, not being able to spend time with my now fiance, soon to be husband, not having a clue how I want to be the parent that I want to be. I, w- I have so many dreams of, you know, spending so much time with my kids, homeschooling them, traveling with them. I can't do it with this <laughs> with this job. I want to call it a dumb job, but I'm trying to be grateful for it. I can't like be the, be the mom that I want to be with this job. Like what do I really have to lose? And I was willing to put that on the line. Like I was willing to strip away that identity that didn't even make me happy in the first place to achieve my dreams. Um, And well, I guess this is the last, last thing, but I also, again, going back to what I said earlier, I flood myself with successful people around me. And again, this is why coaching is so important. Catherine is extremely successful. (laughs) She has done the things that I want to do. I want to be in her energy. I pay to be in her energy, right? I have friends um, that I have found. They didn't just come walking into my life that I have found, right? And I've latched onto because they are successful people and I like to be in their energy. I'm in free Facebook groups. I'm in other programs. I'm in places where I'm constantly looking and I'm hearing the stories of successful people. I'm consuming their energy. And so I'm like, they have stories too. They have things that they have overcome too. It wasn't easy for them either. So if they can do it, I can do it too. So I constantly am flooding myself with that. Yes. I love that. And I feel like I've, I've definitely like talked about that and maybe not in such great length. And so I appreciate that you did that because I think one of the things that I realized for myself going from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur is that I was taking all of my employee thoughts. And one of my biggest ones was like, you know, you just talked about being a mom. Like I really had the thought that success was going to take me away from my kids. And it's such like, it, it seems like it's just like baked into the mindset of so many women in corporate America that you have to like give something up. And I think given a lot of corporate cultures, it's not necessarily wrong. But I think the problem is when you bring that nine to five brain out and you don't totally reprogram it. And that was some of the earliest coaching that my coach gave me was that like, I believe success would take me away from them. And then she's like, I wonder how you created that in your job. 
And I was so mad. And then I thought about it and I'm like, oh, I totally did that. You know, there were like decisions I made as an employee just because I I had that belief. And of course there was like the systemic stuff, but then I was like, oh, I was like just playing along with it. And as I've come out, one of the biggest things I did early on to like break that was I just was like, let me find examples of women who are millionaires who are very engaged with their children. Because that is like, to me, it's like if, if I believed that it wasn't possible for me to be like deeply present with my kids, I'd be like, well, it's not worth it then. And so I think like no, no matter what the thing is to just like flood your brain with possibility of whatever the thing that your brain is arguing with you about. And I'm curious, what would you say? Because I think there's a lot of people that like when they see this success of others, it like shuts them down and spins them out and they go into compare and despair. So what would you say to a person who is like, they, they have that experience when they are exposed to people who are having great success. Mm, I would say first, you know, honor how you're feeling, but then also realize that that is just a mirror, right? So you're looking at what they have, what they've been able to accomplish. And then by default, you're looking at the opposite for yourself and saying like, okay, well, they have these things. Therefore I don't have those things. Right. And so it's just a, sheer reflection on the things that you have to clean up within yourself. And it's pretty easy to do. And you can get frustrated and anger and have bitterness, right? I remember a client telling me um, that my stories, like my Instagram stories would make her so angry and she would just be so upset. (laughs) And it came out of like an energy of jealousy for a lack of a better word. Um, And that's normal, right? And that's normal. And it's just a part of the human experience to be like, well, if she has that and I can't, then I don't want her to have it either. Right. And that it's not nothing to shame yourself about, but it's just a part of the human experience is what a human brain does. And so just honoring that within yourself, um, but start as best as you can to shape that into possibility. And this is why I think people telling their stories is so powerful and why I'm so excited to be, you know, telling my story with all of you is saying like, if DL can overcome this with all these different obstacles, you can too. And just starting to dabble with the idea of possibility. Like if that person has success and their story isn't all peachy and happy, go lucky, then maybe I can do this too. And starting to make that shift of, instead of like, I can't do this. It's only available for people like her or him, or it's only available for people in this income bracket or who look like this or who sound like this or have this background to, well, if all of these people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of walks of life can do this, then maybe, just maybe, even if it's 2%, I I say that a lot to my clients, even if it's just 2%, maybe it's possible for you too. And so start to shift that into possibility and shift that into evidence for your brain, right? Evidence for when you get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, it is also the willingness. I know for me, one of my biggest issues when I went into my mastermind was like, I was the person I hated when I wasn't like the, the best at something. So I would put myself in the less advanced rooms just so I didn't have to face the thoughts that came up in my brain when I wasn't immediately the best. And I think for me, it came down to such a fixed mindset. And as I've come into coaching and I'm like, oh, wait a second, like all of this is figure outable. I can grow to, it is possible for me too. So to your point of like, yes, like th- these are 
examples of possibility and living in possibility. And yeah, I think one of the biggest things I have changed within myself is the ability to be in rooms where people are ahead of me and not shame myself and feel terrible. And that has allowed me so much freedom. I, I kind of think of it as like uh, swimmers. Like if you were a really advanced swimmer, the best swimmers, they take fewer strokes across, across the lane. They don't come up for breath a lot. And I feel like in the beginning of my business, I was like doggy paddling and always looking at every other person in the other lane. So I wasn't moving ahead. I love that analogy. I have a question for you. So like, what did that transition look like for you to keep your, like your head in the water? (laughs) I think that, well, and I think like, this is why I have, I I, like created the concept of like getting to zero fucks because I just realized for me, one of the biggest things was trigger work. Like every single time I got triggered by something, it was just like showing me something within myself that had to be cleared. And it's interesting, actually, like I just was the guest instructor in my mastermind yesterday. And it was like one of the biggest things to come up was I was like identifying everyone in that room. I was like, oh, like this is your trigger. This is your trigger. Like if you're getting triggered by this, like you just clear the trigger, you pull it out of yourself, you stop giving a fuck about it. And then that allows you to allow yourself to be in, to be in whatever sort of environments. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, like I was in a world where like fancy degrees were very important and me doing the mindset work of like, why do I believe that? What was I taught? Do I agree with that? What are my thoughts about that? Like, I remember getting triggered by a friend who was like, oh, here's like what the fancy Harvard coaches are doing. And I was like, I felt so lesser than when she like sent me that email, even though at that point, I think I was like making decent money. And then I was like, oh, it's because like, I still have this belief that if I don't have the backing of some like super fancy institution, that it means I'm not like as good as them. And then I was like, oh, but I don't want to believe that. That's just something I was taught. And we've got to clear that shit out. I love that. And I love you saying like, that's not something I want to believe in. And like, what if it could bet, what if it could be that simple? I think you help me unpack this a lot when it comes to like, I want to feel all my feelings, do thought work for weeks and like unpack all of those things within me. But you always say, no, 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 DL, it's just a thought error. Like, it's just a thought error. And like, what if you can let it be that simple and that clean? So I love how you just said that, like, oh, I don't want to believe that anymore. So I'm not right. And there might be like some remnants behind that. But your essence is like, you're going to move beyond this instead of like spin out deep within thought work and uncovering all of that. So that's another thing that I love about like your philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it is like just the difference of choosing the belief you want to have on purpose. And then you clear anything that stands in your way of believing that versus finding your current belief that's really crappy. And then like, it's like you end up just picking at your scabs. Like we don't need to do that. We just need to figure out where we're going and clear anything standing in the way. So good. I'm trying to think there's so much we've already covered. Uh, you know what I'm curious about? Because you have such a heart of gold. You are a social worker. You became a social worker for a reason. And so I'm interested to hear as you go full-time into your business, how are you going to be incorporating your values in social justice and your values in the impact you want to make into the world? How will those be coming with you in your business? I knew this question was coming. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I know this question was coming because we've been coaching on it a lot. Yes. Um, yes. And so I will first say I this is my reaction because 
I was very scared to do this. Um, and so, like I said before, I'm an African-American woman and I'm always afraid of like, but I want to help everyone and I don't want to piss anyone off. And I want to make sure that my brand is inclusive and it's just steeped in the patriarchy and white supremacy, what I just said. And, but my fears are real and, and they're truthful too. And, um, I have struggled a lot with it, especially this year in 2020 with so many things happening and so many um, lives being lost between police brutality and Chadwick Boseman and Kobe and so many black figures that we have, we no longer have. And so it's just been a lot to unpack this year. Um, and I feel like a lot of women of color have been trying to strengthen their own communities even more. And so um, I remember spinning out about my messaging for like a couple of sessions, which I hate to do. Like, I don't want to waste my time with Catherine talking about something like this, but I was really stuck on it. And, you know, eventually when I just blurted out what I actually wanted to do, you're like, move forward with that. And I had to unpack so much of it. But I realized while, you know, working with you that this is the direction that my brand is going and you said like, what is your battle cry? And I love that. Like if I could pick any message that I would like die behind, it would be the message of social justice and helping women of color start and grow their own coaching businesses. Because I believe like when women of color can start and have their own money, just like how I've been able to do it, they can achieve anything they wouldn't need any of these harmful systems of repression to lean on. They can stay home to homeschool their kids if they want to, like, that's what I want to do. Or they can afford to, you know, provide their children with the experiences of going back to the continent of Africa and getting their true history because we don't have it in the United States. They will be able to really have their own ways of life. They will be able to support Black doctors, support Black musicians, support other um, African-American people and their own gifts and communities and talents. And the Black dollar is so important. And I'm speaking about Black because I am Black, but yeah. whatever women of color, whatever um, community that you want to focus on, like our buying behavior and our buying power is so strong. And when I can teach a woman of color to create her own money. She can hand it back into the community and anywhere that she wants to go in any sort of platform that she wants to support doesn't just have to be black, but any, any place where she feels safe, where she wants to support, where she wants to um, give space to, she can provide that. And I just think that is so powerful. And one of the missing links within my community is buying behavior and like having the option to support our own community has always been a struggle. And this is just like, you know, my perspective and with studying this and with my background. Yeah. Um, but I also just want to say thank you to you for providing that space, right? So like we're, we're of different communities, obviously. And you've never like made me feel small or made me feel like that was a silly idea. Like you took space for me. You heard me out. Like you validated me and you encouraged me even when I felt like I had to, you know, say or do certain things. And so really just, you know, you being open to my perspective and open to my community and open to seeing like where I want to take this is really important. And even when it comes to like business decisions and um, pricing models and, you know, you have just been really open to how I want to shape things. And you never said I have to do things a certain way. And so 
yeah, thank you for that as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, I feel like people bring me their vision for the world and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's figure out how we get it. And, and like in a way that's like intentional for you too, I think in a way that allows you to have the, the time and space and energy in your life to nourish yourself that creates the amount of money that you want and that creates the impact that you want in the world. And I am just, I can't wait to see like five years down the line, 10 years down the line, like the the difference that will be made in the world because of the decisions and the business that you're building right now. I'm excited too. I'm really excited too. And even just seeing like my program that I have right now, just seeing the women in there from all walks of life and all sorts of communities and several allies, like white women in the group too, that are allies of women of color, just seeing how they all support one another, hear out one another, take perspectives and ideas from one another. And just me as the facilitator of that group, like I have recently, I've signed a lot of women who are of Chinese descent. So I've been learning a lot about their culture and it's just incredible. And I'm seeing my vision like come to life and I'm seeing it bubble up in form. And it's, it's so important. And I never would have done that if I just stuck with my rinky dink messaging that I had before that was just kind of like playing it safe. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is what you need to be saying. This is what you're called to saying. Yeah. I mean, you basically said what your battle cry was. And then we just had to clear out any thoughts that were between you and that. And I have loved seeing you step into that. And so I feel like that brings us, we've covered a lot. Is there anything else that for someone who is sort of where you were, I don't even know, how long have you been in your business? Oh, just two years. Yeah, okay. Two so years. like, let's just say like DL 18 months ago, if you could like go back and talk to her or DL a year ago, like what would you want her to hear? That you can quit your job, that you can save money to quit your job. And like, I wish I just worked on that belief a long time ago. Cause it's a lot to unpack. You're helping me get through it a lot quicker, but I just wish that I chewed on that idea and just looked at that possibility a lot sooner that I can do that. And with everything that we're talking about today, the root of that is like, you can change your identity, like you can change who you once were and transform into a new person while keeping all your same values while like managing your family. Like my fiance, soon to be husband, like he has no clue what I'm doing. (laughs) He has no clue. He just thinks like I talk on Instagram for a living. He has no, he can't conceptualize it in his brain, what I'm doing. And so like, but I'm still deciding to marry him. Like we still have a really strong relationship and it's like, you don't need anyone else to believe in you for you. Right. I believe, I always say this to my clients, like I believe for myself and for Barry, Yeah. I believe for the both of us, like I don't need him and I can be in community with my family. I can be in community with my, with my partner. I can be in community with my friends from college who think this is just a silly little business too, right? I can still be in community. I can still keep all the things that are important to me and my values while shifting my identity um, from someone who struggles with money to someone who makes a lot of it and keeps it. Yes. I know it, it is like incredible because by the end of this, like, what will you make by the end of the year? You'll be at multiple six figures. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be over 200 K. Yeah. $200,000 business with a nine to five. It's so good. Yeah. So fun. 
What are you going to make next year? 500K. So good. I love it. All right. So I want you tell tell the people where they can find you. Tell the people what they can buy from you. Like tell the people all the things. Okay. The best place to connect with me is Instagram. And so you can follow me at Instagram at DL Sharon. And then you can also listen to my podcast with my new title. Thanks to Catherine. It's called the Black Banked and Booked Out Podcast. So then, good. Yeah, yes. And then I have a program called the Five Figure Formula, where I teach you how to double your investment and have your first five figure launch as a coach. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. People are going to find you on all the things. And yeah, I mean, we're going to we're going to have you back next year. Yes, I would love to be here. <laughs> Thank so you, Catherine. Good. You are so welcome. Bye. Bye. All right. You feeling fired up? Here's the deal. If you were not a knucklehead and you had reserved your spot for early access to your seat in the mastermind, you're good to go. The application was sent to your inbox yesterday and you've probably already applied. But if you were a knucklehead, I still love you. An enrollment for the first round of the Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind will open for you if there are any remaining spots available next Monday, October 26th at 9 a.m. Eastern. The best way to get the most up-to-date information is to be on my email list. So head over to my website in the episode description and make sure you're on the list. Your path to success compression is here, and I can't wait to see you on the inside.